listening to Window into Wage and Hour, a podcast series that shines the light on time and money laws impacting your business today. Good day. This is Bill Martucci with Chicardi and Bacon. I lead the National Employment Litigation and Policy Practice. This is one of a series of podcasts as it relates to the Fair Labor Standards Act, wage and hour laws ever more generally. Today, we're going to focus ever briefly, but significantly on what is work time? What is time worked? What is compensable time? Well, that sounds a little bit simple, but the reality is the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 does not clearly define what constitutes work time. In fact, this has been left to the guidance of the court decisions and the Department of Labor regulations. The statute itself defines employ as to, quote, suffer or permit to work, end quote. So the question becomes, what is compensable time? What is suffering or permitting to work, or more precisely, to suffer or to permit to work? Well, this is essential because, as you know, the Fair Labor Standards Act provides for overtime. And so what's compensable time for those who are not exempt, for those who are entitled to overtime, becomes a critical question. As we know, our workdays are often punctuated in a variety of ways with breaks, perhaps periods of waiting or downtime, and other activities different from what might be considered the principal work duties of an associate or employee. Conversely, work duties sometimes intrude on time off, that in fact one is called into work or one is working in a way that might be considered not the regularly scheduled time. So it's such a situation, it's not quite obvious when the workday begins, when it ends, and in fact, how that time is to be calculated. Now, there are a couple of examples of compensatory time and non-compensable time that might define this a little bit further. So, for example, rest periods of 20 minutes or less, we know that those are generally compensable. We also know that employer-required training is generally considered compensable. Traveling between work sites, work site A and work site B, would be considered compensable. And frankly, being on call, if it's a restrictive on-call arrangement, if your ability to do other things is limited, that can be considered time worked and compensable. So the starting point, as we've noted, is whether one suffers or one is permitted to work. Claims that employees have contributed work without the knowledge of the employer and against the will or the policies of the employer are looked upon with some skepticism. This does not mean that an employer can expect to be aware of everything that employees do, but the reality is to have a set policy, to communicate it well, to follow up on it periodically so that those policies are understood, that there's in place a provision for prior approval and a process that follows through, all those aspects are critical. It's also critical, frankly, to have an opportunity to raise an issue if one wasn't complained, if one didn't raise an issue, to have that ability to complain if one didn't comply with the process as such. So as we think about it, 
compensable time, time worked, is not as easy as we think. It has to be one thought that's considered very carefully. Policies have to be in place, and they must be applied consistently. Thank you for joining us today as we continue this journey into the world of Wage and Hour. Thank you for listening to this episode of Window into Wage and Hour. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertising. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered any kind of legal advice. Thank you.